0: Welcome to another show of the oh, hey podcast. This is Leo. As always, well, not as always because I do take a couple of breaks, especially you know in a couple of weeks. Don't tell Rob I'm going to Cancun, and I think my wife will literally like kill me. Maybe throw my microphone and computer out the hotel room if I start recording. Um, so we'll talk. We'll talk about that, Rob. All right, we'll talk about that here soon, but. I want to do a special welcome um, of my new co-host. It's Twitter official, so we're officially married at the moment. We just got to go to the courthouse and lock it up. Uh, Jason Aponte of the Sprint Ride Option Pod, uh, 49ers Goldmine, if you want to see some of his written work as well. He's been to training camp. He's been to the Combine. He's been to the Senior Bowl. Uh, you name it, as far as national NFL media credential-wise goes, Jason has been there. So no better off than kicking it off to Jason. Welcome to the team, man. So excited to have you here. Thanks,
1: Leo. It means a lot. I'm I'm honored to not only work with you, but the talent that's on this podcast network, Rob, Levin, Akash, KP, Michelle, everybody who does such fine work and Niners Nation was one of the the thing the the publications that a guy like me on the East Coast looked up to, uh, in terms of getting Niners news. So to be a part of this in any way, is something that feels like an achievement, and I'm I'm really really
0: honored. For some of our casual listeners that may have not heard a lot of your stuff, I know you've been here on the network before. Let them know who you are. give, give them like a foreshadow. Like be that part in the movie. To where, say something happens, and you go, like, oh, that that's you know that's gonna be relevant later on here. Um, give them something you know about you. I'm just a, a
1: passionate fan who used his passion to fuel all of these things that we've been doing, you know, the, the sprint ride option podcast with Andrew, uh, my YouTube channel, the work that I've done on 49ers Goldmine previously on 49er web zone, you know, and, and all of this led to, you know, again, Leo, you know, we work pretty closely at 49ers Goldmine, uh, led to being credentialed to go to the senior bowl, to the combine, the draft, uh, it's, it's been stuff that I could have never imagined, but it's, been a wild ride and i'm enjoying every bit of it so yeah i mean for me uh the way that people really know me is on twitter more than anything sending out a funny meme here and there try to give you guys some info but try to to break it up with some comedy but always about the analysis and always passionate about this team uh that i loved uh since i was a child
0: so obviously we have a triangle with javi like javi's our guy still um i appreciate everything javi has done uh for the podcast the guy the guy's just nonstop working um and he's got to focus a little more on what's basically putting the roof over his kids heads uh primarily more than than we are here and so i completely respect that like literally we would be recording past midnight his time because he's in texas central time dude pulled a 15-hour shift i don't know how he does it gets home showers and then we're recording past midnight and as soon as we finish he's like all right like normally we'll talk afterwards, but he's like, all right, I'm going to bed. Like, bye. And I'm like, all right, I get it. So I see I seen uh, how much work and effort he still put into this, even though he was literally getting drained. So I wanted to give hobby some love. Uh, definitely one like Jason, one of the hardest working content creators that I know one day I will be there. I just got to show up on time a little more once we say we're going to record at a certain time um and, and then i guess you guys may be able to put me in that category um but you and javi both yankee fans so we're gonna get that those current updates how you guys are the best team in baseball still i'm assuming
1: yes i mean that, that is and and it should be every day that that we should do that at least anytime that we're gonna do a podcast i'm gonna have to update everybody on what's going on with the yankees but no look replacing hobby is no easy task he's not only a great content creator he's a better person And so much of what I've been able to accomplish has been because of the doors that he's helped open in terms of going to the senior bowl and putting his arm around me and just one of the better guys out there. I just nice guy deserves it all. And right now he's doing what's right for his family. Not easy shoes to fill. I don't take it lightly, but I do appreciate Javi for everything that he has done for me in terms of what I've been able to accomplish in this game, uh, no matter what it is.
0: Yeah, definitely all love. The car seat that I still use for my son, who's about six months old, um, and stroller, car seat stroller that I use for him, actually came from Hobby. So, you know, we're still family over here. um, And once he does have the time, maybe he gets a day off one of these days, he'll definitely hop on with us and and get back to the trio. But let's talk some 49ers football here. Um, Obviously, mandatory camp has ended. It wasn't something that was going to be 3 weeks long anyways. Uh but interesting news, Jennifer Lee Chan, who we've had here on the show before and also former Niners uh Nation credentialed media member. Uh she basically broke it down that Trey Lance is staying behind in Santa Clara. But big picture, I want to ask you like what does that mean like because he could is what what does that do differently than him going to LA like he usually does and trains there like what does it do to have him in the building just to like shake hands with John Lynch and say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. And that's it. Like, what does that mean for him to be staying behind?
1: Well, it just continues the things that we've kind of seen in terms of body language and his press conferences and the way that he's been carrying himself, that this is the guy and he intends to lead and he intends to lead by example. And for somebody who apparently people continue to push some sort of narrative that he's not the guy, all indications are to the contrary at this point when you look at this kid and his pre his press conferences, he's speaking like a veteran. He's speaking like a guy who has done this for 10 plus years. He's only 22 years old. And if he didn't stay back for the week, I wouldn't have held it against him either. But this is a better sign that he wants to put in more work. He understands what's in front of him. And he's not taking it lightly. So in this time, where it's June, 49er fans are looking for anything to be optimistic about. This just continues what you've been seeing from Trey Lance every press conference, after practices, the way he's been carrying himself, like he's the guy and he's not taking it lightly. These are all good signs from a kid who all of the pre-draft things that we had heard, smart, hardworking, all of those things are now coming to fruition, even if there are people who want to say, whoever it is, who want to say he's not picking up the playbook That's not what we were told in the beginning was that he was smart enough to pick up this playbook, especially with the similarities in what Shanahan runs to what they ran in NDSU. This just continues to build the confidence of 49ers fans and show that Trey Lance is trying to be the guy here 10, 15 years down the line. It's all good vibes right now from Trey Lance.
0: I I agree with what you say there, but how I look at it is, all right, the physical work, the working on the throwing motion, you know, that grind, it's over now. Like, the physical, trait stuff, focus, it's over now. Obviously, you're still going to get those work in when you go to to the gym and start working out and stuff, but I'm talking about the traits. Throwing motion, you know, you know, what do you do here? Like, how you angle this ball, like, those things, how much touch you put into it, it's over now. Him staying in Santa Clara, that tells me, all right, it's time to focus the game behind the game. It's time to get in the film room, sit down with with Greasy, with with Shanahan. We're gonna watch five hours of film today. We're we're gonna focus on the game behind the game. What he just saw out there in team in team scrimmage. He threw an interception. All right, how do we fix that? What did you see pre-snap? What did you see post snap? Tell me what you're seeing here. Obviously, they already did it. But they're going to go ahead and work on it more. That's what it tells me about him staying in Santa Clara. Do you think these coaches want to sit down with Kyle, with Kyle Shanahan, with Trey Lance, and teach him the game behind the game and ask him, what are you seeing here? Get him on a whiteboard. You think they want to do that over a Zoom? No, they want to do that in person. So this is what that's telling me, Um, that you said it. He's the guy now. All right, if you want to be the guy, and you haven't started yet in the NFL. there is no, "I'm going to go take, you know, a few weeks off, I'm going to go back to Southern California, do my regular no, you had that time. That time's done now. Now it's time to learn. Like, we have a Super Bowl roster. You got to know what you're seeing on the field, and we're going to do that here in the classroom. So to me, this is Trey Lance, you are now in summer school. Summer school has now started. Sorry, bud. Like I know you thought you were gonna have spring, you know, summer break and and stay home and play video games, eat all the chips you want, and and stay up past midnight. No, okay. Now I'm talking about myself when I was a kid, but but it's school's in session. Get on the whiteboard. This is what they're so, showing me pre-snap. Would it like draw it up? Who's your hot? Where are you gonna go with the ball? Where are you not gonna go with the ball? why are you not going to go there things like that that that's what this is telling me and that's very fair
1: and then again it the kids working hard in every facet whether it's staying behind with certain players to build rapport whether it's to go ahead and hit the film room whatever it is the kids working hard and it's just again reinforcing all of the things that you want to see from your franchise quarterback again i wouldn't have felt any type of way if he was not there. Because he's not obligated to be there, but the fact that he wants to be there, he's committed to getting better, he's committed to learning and, and putting in the work, that is such a, a telling sign. And it shows, again, that he is not, it's not lost on him what's in front of him, what he's a, he can accomplish and how good he can be. So these, again, we're in June, people are looking for any reason, reason for optimism, especially from a guy who is going to be starting for the first time in his career. It's it's all good vibes right now. And I, I love it and it's it's any way that you want to spin it is a positive and that's the good thing about this.
0: Trey Lance was like, Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo's not in the building. I'm not leaving. I'm not giving him a chance to come back. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Um but yeah, like like I didn't assume I don't assume that the team say forced him to stay there. I think it shows the maturity of Trey Lance of all right, give me the books. Let's work through this. I want to be the best I can be year one. Um, that's important. That's important. What well, what makes me excited is the whole, the rookies never won a super bowl. Well, he's not a rookie anymore. He's a, he, he'll be a year one starter. That's different. It's not a rookie. So super bowl roster looks like the dudes grinding. It's June. So my optimism is just going way up. I tend to be more optimistic than pessimistic. Um, so that also helps for that narrative. But man, it's uh when you see a quarterback like I I I'm not shading Jimmy Garoppolo. I have to say that first. I have I'm not shading Jimmy Garoppolo. But when you hear your quarterback of constantly George Kittle, oh yeah, he doesn't text me back. That's just Jimmy. Everybody else. Oh yeah, he does you know, he doesn't talk. He doesn't text us, call us or You know, that, that's just Jimmy compared to Trey Lance. Look, looking like he's a, not saying Jimmy grapples, not about his guys. There's obvious reason why the locker room loves him so much, but seeing Trey Lance trying to get work with as many guys as he wants, basically everybody not named Debo Samuel. And we obviously know why Debo Samuel, not Debo Samuel. um And, He wants to be here. He's staying in the facility. And to me, it's just like, it's a change. It's a change. You know, I'm not, I I don't think I'm going to have to hear about Trey Lance not texting anyone back. And I like that if that's your quarterback position. Like, like once again, I'm not shading Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'd like to know that my quarterback is actively having conversations with the rest of his teammates off, off facility, off campus, if you will.
1: And, and the funny thing is, is there's such a human element to not only football, but playing quarterback. And there has to be guys in that camaraderie and that sort of thing. And I think that's what Jimmy Garoppolo had. He just had it in his own way. You do want to hear, yeah, we worked off on the side after practice or, or, you know, we hang out a bunch. There is a lot of team building that goes into that. Those guys have to look into that rookie's eyes, basically, for all intents and purposes uh, in year two. They have to look at him and say, yeah, we believe. We believe in this guy. And that's really
0: what this is all about and what makes everything exciting. Talking about belief in guys, I'm gonna go ahead and, and talk about another player here. Obviously, the elephant in the room is Debo Samuel. Not Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa we you know we haven't we haven't got any type of scare with Nick Bosa's contract negotiations. So with Debo Samuel we have obviously with the trade request um but looking at the receivers with er, that Debo's basically in his draft class with AJ Brown there was noise he was traded uh DK Metcalf there's noise he didn't show up for mandatory camp Terry McLaurin there's noise he didn't show up for mandatory camp well you know it kind of makes sense look at his defensive coordinator um even though it's not on the same same side of the ball but <laughs> But we out here cooking today. But looking at Debo Samuel, this, like he was probably the biggest noise out of all those players. AJ Brown, yes, there was noise when once he was traded, but it was never trade request officially submitted. Noise like Debo Samuel was. Yet, Debo Samuel's the guy who showed up for mandatory camp. I like that. Obviously, I'm gonna be biased. I like that. So I'm going to ask you, Jay. Is it about the money on why Debo Samuel showed up? Because it would have been $90,000 each day. I kind of relate that to $100 from my pocket each day. If I don't show up to work mandatory and I get fined $100. Hell no. My wife making sure I go to work. So is it about the money for Debo Samuel not getting fined? Um, even though if they would have came to an agreement, 49ers could have chose to, you know, not find him or like figure to work it out. Uh, I think Ian Rapoport is the one who said that. Or does he actually want to be here, and that's why he showed up? Because despite all the contract negotiations, um, trade requests, does he actually like want to be here? Like, what's your thought? Like, either or, right in the middle, where are you at on this?
1: I think it's yes to both. I think both things can be true. I think Debo definitely wants to be here. And I think that for somebody who is only making $3 million this year and for anybody who is listening to this, most of, uh, most of the people, or I don't want to say most are generalized, the people from California that are listening, state tax is insane. So when you take into effect how much money he has to give of his own salary to just state taxes, another $90,000 is no small peanuts. So is it that he just wanted the money? Sure, but I'm sure that there was some sort of conversation about show up to minicamp. We won't put you into practice or anything like that. We both understand that, you know, what's going on. We'll operate in good faith with you. This will look good for your optics as well. And we'll still work towards getting a deal done. I think this is a good look for everybody across the board. And how could you not walk away from Debo Samuel showing up to mandatory minicamp, not feeling like a deal is imminent or on its way? It, it it wouldn't make any sense if he still wanted to not be there for him to show up to minicamp become a distraction. But from all the reports, he's laughing with his teammates. He's talking smack to the defense on big plays. He looks like he wants to be there. So it, it is both. You can't lose that money because of that damn state tax in California. It's incredible how much money everybody who lives there has to give up. But it also implies to me that there was a conversation between the 49ers front office and his team, or himself, about show up to camp, we'll work in good faith with you, and we'll start getting closer to this deal as the options have kind of dwindled now that he wasn't traded at at the draft and there is so much team control. So it's both, I I believe, in uh, in my
0: opinion. I'm here in California. So you talking about taxes, like, I felt that. I felt that. My pocket felt that. I had to stand up for a second. Even though you get all that, every paycheck from state taxes at the end of the year comes tax season. Well, I guess at the beginning of the year, depending how you look at it, California still wanted to to charge me again. Like how like make it make sense. So me on a much smaller scale than Debo, like much, much, much smaller scale than Debo Samuel. You talk about the money being taken out in taxes. Well, He's going to have to pay California once again during tax season. So, yeah, nine for a guy who hasn't had a big contract yet in the NFL that's on a second round rookie contract, mind you, not a first round one. Yeah, it's a lot of money being taken out of his pocket. So, does he want 90K more? Like, is it guaranteed? Of course, the 49ers aren't going to guarantee, oh, yeah, if you don't show up, you know, when we work a deal, we're going to cover you. Of course, they're not going to say that. They want him in building, they want him with the guys. Of course, they're not going to say that. So, um, But, like you said, I do think he wants to be here. Like, come on, two NFC championships in three years? He's close with Trent Williams. Trent Williams is here for the foreseeable future. Kittle, they have a good relationship. He's here. He's got a shiny new best friend in Trey Lance. Got a solid wide receiver, too. Uh, A Robin, if you will since you're a big Batman guy, and that defense. Like, this team is going to be competitive. It's, yeah, he wants to be here. Do you? The Lions offered a deal for Debo Samuel. You think he wants to go play for the Lions? Like, you'd rather pay California taxes and get that get that contract done and play for the 49ers. Like, come on. It's Do you funny think Debo me. wants to bite kneecaps? No, he it's doesn't funny. look like
1: a kneecap guy to me. It's funny you brought that up because I've spoken to players who have literally said out of their mouth that they would retire if they were getting traded to Detroit. And you could point to what Rob Gronkowski said. Rob Gronkowski was they had a deal in place with the Patriots to go to send him to the Lions. And he said, I'm going to retire if you think about doing this in the table. So, yes, uh, he does want to be here. And I think you bring up a good point. Where else could you get yourself a deal and keep yourself in contention? Right. You go to another team and maybe they give you a deal like the Jets. They're rebuilding like whoever, you know, let's just say whatever. Obviously, Tyreek kills there. The Dolphins, they're rebuilding. You can stay somewhere that's familiar. Put yourself in in a chance to be a contender again and also get your money. It sounds like, you know, it's usually win-win. It sounds like three wins, uh, you know, which is more than
0: two. Well, he 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 knows what the trade market was like his his agent's not going to hold that. And not tell Debo the trade market was the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions. Well, let's see. The 49ers hitting the reset button with Trey Lance. At least Debo knows him, right? He's got a couple touchdowns with Trey Lance, right? Okay, okay. New York Jets. It's not like New York taxes is, you know, anything to scream about either. Saying it's not no state income taxes. Like, New York got some, got some pretty solid taxes as well. To be yeah. fair, he actually Jersey. live in Jersey. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, you were gonna tell me that. I was like, "Damn it, you got me." You got <laughs> All right, Jersey. All right, you're right. But the difference is, it's like Zach Wilson. What is he? Think Debo knows? Hell no, he doesn't know what Zach Wilson is. Okay, you go to Detroit. They stink. Lions stink. Sorry, they they. If you're a Lions fan listening, um, you probably listening to this to get away from the Lions. Um, and then your quarterback is Jared Goff. Like, whatever. Like, Debo knows. De- Debo's like, all right, I let me just go wait it out and get my contract with the Forty ers because we know what ultimately this comes down to: freeing up some money. We know how it gets done. It's inevitable. It's gonna happen. Unfortunately, Debo's got to wait it out, like Nick's waiting it out.
1: Yeah, and and I think that. When you look historically at when contracts like this get done is they get done closer to training camp. But the PTSD that 49 ers fans were facing was the DeForest Buckner thing. I don't think yeah. that that was ever really, that you couldn't really correlate the two situations just because the 49ers felt that he wanted too much for that position and it became down to positional value. With the 49ers, it sounded like They always wanted him to be here. And and I know John Lynch had said before that we want Buckner around, things like that. But ultimately, they found that it was going to be too much for that position. This sounded like they wanted to get it done with Debo, but Debo had some other unresolved issues, i.e. probably taking too much of a beating as a running back. Didn't want that to happen. Probably kind of felt that when they made the move for him to be a running back in certain situations, that it curbed his receiving stats and put them in a position where they could say, well, you only had a certain amount of numbers that then you correlate that to those players and how much they've made. So yeah, there was some unresolved things. And and as we know, negotiations initially with with 49ers extensions don't go well. We have precedent with George George Kittle. His agent called their first offer the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Well, they got that deal done. The same thing with Trent Williams. It got down to the last minute, Kyle Shanahan made a call and said, you need to sign this guy right now. And he overruled whatever thought process was there. Never really felt like there was anywhere for him to go, but it did feel like Debo had some unresolved issues that he needed to work through. And it sounds like when you look at the way that they drafted Ty Davis Price and probably some reassurances from the front office and how he's going to be used, he'll be using the backfield, but not nearly as much. It sounds like this is now coming to a conclusion that is happy for both parties. But again, these 49ers extensions, they get dicey at times. They get contentious. And I think that what people kind of get scared about is the DeForest Buckner situation where he was moved for a high pick. So I I think that's kind of where the uneasiness from 49ers fans came into play with this.
0: Yeah, players convincing the 49ers to get an extension with ease it's like me asking my wife if i could go have some beers with the boys you know it's gonna be yes but there's gonna be some things that you need to get done like is the yard done it's like babe like am i with my mom i want to go now and also for anybody who's listening that's married if you have
1: some sort of request like that you can't ask it the day before or the day of yep. you have to put a feeler out the week mm-hmm. before which is kind of like this is my number for a contract negotiation you put a feeler out there and you see how that's received if it's not received well then you guys have to come to a compromise and usually that compromise includes hey i need this this isn't this, this done and you're good to go for friday and then that's the yeah. sort of thing hey yeah. we want this this and this and i want this this and this and we'll give you the contract extension i am so glad that i was able to apply my own married life to a contract negotiation because i never realized how similar it was until we started talking through it
0: leo Exactly. Like is dinner like is our baby girl going to be eight? is she going to be put to sleep? Like, you know, the the finer details of life get got to get hammered out before it happens.
1: It's the minutiae and it's the it's the fine print in the contract is usually what holds things up. So that that's kind of where we're at with this.
0: one. Yeah. Like is is the yard that I told you about two months ago, is that going to be done before you go? Like, fine, I guess. Nice. You know, you just hire someone for 30 bucks and knock it out. Oh man, that's what I did with moving as well too. There was a guy <laughs> out who saw me with the rental card. I was like, "How much?" And he said he gave me the price, and I was like, "Get in, <laughs> yeah, now." I'm gonna do a little a little activity, if you will. I'm gonna call it No Love. Basically, a player that contributes to the team, but nobody talks about him. Like we hear enough about Fred Warner, we hear enough about George Kittle, we hear enough about Trey Lance, we hear enough about Trent Williams. I could go on and on about the guys we hear about. So I'm going to ask you for no love. Give me your guy who gets no love, whether he gets criticized a little too much, considering what he contributes to the team. Like who are you giving some love to? I'm going to give it to Daniel Brunskill. It seems like the only time that
1: praise is heaped on Daniel Brunskill is when he dominates Aaron Donald. And it's almost become a meme on 49ers Twitter, but during the season, especially when Mike McGlinchey was healthy, he had no problem passing off stunts with Mike McGlinchey. He was very smooth and things like that. And obviously, Tom Compton played admirably last year. I mean, the number one rated, uh, what is it, right tackle and run defense, all of that stuff is incredible, especially no, considering no, how scary we were.
0: Yeah, I know. We're talking we're Tom Compton. We're talking Tom yeah. Compton. Kick him out, right? Kick yeah.
1: him out. But
0: it's Daniel Get Bryce, that Bronco man, lover think, out of here. I think th- –
1: Oh God. And he's going to have to face the 49ers. That's going to be his revenge game uh, with Russell Wilson. Great. No, here's the thing with Daniel Brunskill. I understand flexibility is important. The positionless football is, is a big thing for the 49ers on both sides of the ball. Like you have to be able to move around a little bit. And Daniel Brunskill kind of afforded the 49ers that, and I think they kind of fell in love with that too much while also stunting his growth at right guard. When he took primarily right guard snaps He was actually very solid to very good at certain times. Sir, he's going to lose some reps. Everybody is. But you're talking about an undrafted free agent. You're talking about a guy who they got from, I believe, the USFL. What they've gotten from Daniel Brunskill is actually something that should be marveled at. Now, we're going into a second season where he is going to be the right guard and take primarily right guard snaps. The thing is, there are two right now, two locked in, what we know we're going to get from linemen. And that is Trent Williams, a left tackle, who's the best in the world. And now right guard, a Daniel Brunskill. Aside from that, left guard, center, and right tackle, even if Mike McGlinchey comes back, they're question marks. Mike McGlinchey will play, I believe. But is he going to play to his standard? Is Aaron Banks going to immediately jump right in and be fine? Is Jake Brendel going to be the guy? Look, we've got positive reinforcement and positive reports on all of these guys. And everything sounds good right now. But we won't know until the bullets fly. What I do know is Trent Williams and Daniel Brunskill lock them in and you're going to get the production that you normally get from them. Now, one is the best in the world. The other is a guy that you have gotten very solid contributions from and nobody ever speaks about it. Again, when you speak about Daniel Brunskill, it's either people highlighting when he loses a rep or for whatever it is that they perceive is losing a rep, which I have a lot of issues with the way that people break down offensive line because – Sometimes you don't even know the assignments or what's going on, but you want to say, oh, my God, he blew a block. OK, well, that's fine. But it's either he lost the rep or he's dominating Aaron Donald. It's never, hey, Brunskill's been really solid and he's been doing everything that we need just because it's not as flashy. I think Daniel Brunskill in with another year of right guard, I actually have little to no worry at that position because it's Daniel Brunskill.
0: Absolutely. And I know some people get get excited about Jalen Moore, but like Daniel Brentskill is not going to be as easy as you think to get beaten out. Um, I'm someone just as last week saying, I do not want Daniel Brentskill playing center. And that's part of the reason is because he's a developing right guard. Like he's not a finished product, in my opinion. Undrafted free agent, one year at that position. Just that's it. Just one year. He was a swing tackle, swing guard. In 2019, 2020, he had to go swing and play center. um This past year, he finally started at right guard, which should probably be his home position. And he's only been home for one year, um so he's still developing. He's not, despite the Aaron Donald memes, he is not a finished project. And yeah, he's someone that gets no love. Like. I tend to say more that I don't want him playing center than I do to give him praise about his play at right guard. Um, when you look at the numbers, considering, like, pressure rate, he's not that far off from Lincoln Tomlinson at the guard position. He, he's really not. And Lincoln Tomlinson has how many years of experience compared to Daniel Brunskill? A lot. So I think there's still some untapped potential. And uh, he, he's basically a guy this year see they're going to get a new deal with the 49ers and remain a starter for the team or potentially get a deal somewhere else in a Lincoln style or and if it's not that if he doesn't play at a high level then you know he may be a backup whether it's the 49ers or somewhere else so like this is literally his opportunity to remain a starter with this team obviously he's got to do that through camp and not not get beat out but I don't think he will I think he's better than what people project but also the, what he plays this year. Um, so it's a it's an interesting scenario. Thank you for for giving my man uh D. Brunny some love since he don't get it, get it too often.
1: Yeah, brun, Shout out to brun Goodman.
0: Give me your, as we close this out, NBA champion. The reason why I asked this is because tonight is game five. If you're listening this to on Tuesday, Monday night is game five. And by time you and I record again for the Oh Hey There podcast, the finals are going to be done. We're going to know who the NBA champion is. Um, surprisingly, because as you said earlier before the show, like will we know the way they're scheduling the finals? We might find out in January, um, but we'll know by the next recording. Got a lot of Warrior fans here. It's California, so probably a ton of Laker fans as well. So they may be everybody may be Warrior fans. I. I know you are for this series, right?
1: I am. And this has a lot to do with the fans who enjoy my content, also my basketball mind, which I don't know what state that's in, but then who they're playing. (laughs) I will never, not one day in my life, root for a Boston-based team, let alone the Boston Celtics. I've got the Warriors in six. Didn't look so good after game one. But. If we wake up, and you guys are listening to this on Tuesday, and the Warriors win, then my my prediction's right on track. So, for all the people who, after I put Warriors in six, people are in my comments, oh, how do we tell them? How do we tell them? You better hope that that doesn't pan out, because I'm going to freezing cold take a bunch of you, but it has to do with the fact that the Warriors just seem like the more complete team. They've got more firepower on offense, and, you know, I I enjoy watching Curry and, and Thompson play basketball, but I will be in the cold, cold ground before I acknowledge the Boston Celtics as a team that I'm rooting for at, in any fashion.
0: I'll be deep in the cold, cold ground before I recognize Missouri. They're just Simpson's reference? I said warriors in seven. I thought the Celtics were going to challenge them a bit. Where I question the Celtics is consistency. You've seen them blow out the bucks and then get blown out by the bucks without Chris Middleton, mind you? And then you've seen them blow out the Heat, and then get blown out by the Heat. So they've been a little inconsistent. So that's the reason why I chose the Warriors. They tend to be a little more consistent. You saw, took out took out the Nuggets four to one, took out the Grizzlies four to two. Although that was a tough series for them. Which look at the Grizzlies roster, like duh. And then just basically walked over the Mavericks, if you will, uh, to to get to this position obviously Celtics had a tough road as well but i i looked at the consistency curry's been there before even if they don't win game 5 i would not panic if i'm a warriors fan i would not panic uh because they've been down 3-2 before in and not they've been down to the rockets 3-2 and came back and won 2 straight and went on to the finals after that um so any picture you want to paint for this warriors team they've been there and That's what you hope for the 49ers as well to get that experience. Uh, They've been 49ers been there 2019, been there in 2021. And you hope that maturity could help out a young player like Trey Lance currently, like how the Warriors are helping out young players like Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. Uh, So I see a lot of comparisons with the team. A lot of it's, you know, homegrown as well. Steph Curry, homegrown, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, George Kittle, Fred Warner. Trey Lance, Debo Samuel, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa. So a lot of it's homegrown as well with these two teams. And uh, I, I'm going. I'm gonna stick with my guns. Warriors in seven. They don't win game five. Don't panic. Mavericks didn't beat the freaking Suns in game five and still won two straight against the team with the best record in the NBA. So if the Mavericks could do it, the Warriors could definitely do it with their championship pedigree. Um, we just need. We just need another. Bay Area team to join the Warriors if they if they went, finish this off and win the ship and uh, and I would love nothing more but the 49ers to be that team because in my adult life I've seen the Warriors win it I've seen the Giants win it San Francisco Giants that is obviously I, we don't talk about that those other ones those other uh New York Bozo Giants and I'm just waiting on the 49ers in my adult life. I was young. I was young. I I couldn't have a beer. No way. Impossible. Impossible. I want to watch 49ers in the Super Bowl and have a beer at the same time. Yeah. I'm waiting for Uh,
1: it. Yeah. I just need my adult championship as well. I actually do remember the 49ers winning, but I obviously wasn't old enough to have a beer. I'm not going to date myself that far, but uh, I don't have a basketball team and the Yankees have won five in my life. And if they never win another one again, even though, 2022, it's incoming. Uh, I I'm good with five, but yeah, I need a, I need a 49ers. I need a 49ers uh, adult championship. So I could run through the streets and uh, have uh, have some people yell at me and tell me to calm down, which I I won't. So
0: basically. Um, So if you haven't yet, make sure that you guys subscribe to the podcast, leave a review as well, five stars, Um, as well as follow us on Twitter. Where can they find you?
1: Uh, Jason Aponte 2103 on Twitter and uh, yeah this was a blast
0: Leo man a uh, great first episode and here's to many more absolutely absolutely I mean you know I'm I'm excited as it grows and you know I'm gonna we're gonna know each other like the back of our hands essentially as if we don't already uh, but you can also find me on Twitter at Leo Luna 93 Twitter Instagram whatever same handle once again subscribe comment you help grow the platform that's gonna help all of us at the end of the day Go Niners.
1: Let's go Niners.